0: Hello everyone, it is Jack and you're listening to the Dev90x podcast. Day 7 has ended and I've made a little bit of progress over the past 24 hours. The main thing that I'm doing right now is I'm working on training my machine learning model so that it can detect or classify what a pose is. But before I get into that, I wanted to start the episode with a top tip, so something that I've learned recently, which has been somewhat of a game, cha- game changer for me, because there's a lot of really high-quality um, tutorials and opinion pieces and blog articles on medium.com, but I don't pay for Medium. And there's also a lot of other really great blogs that are free in in the space of coding tutorials and software engineering and development. And I frequently find myself just getting a little bit annoyed by the paywall of Medium, because it lets you have like three, free reads per month. And um and then you hit that pay and then you hit the paywall and then it's like, ah oh, damn, I can't read this one article, which is like a seems like a really great tutorial for something that I want to want to know about. Uh, so if you don't want to pay for Medium, my top tip today is that you can open up your browser in an incognito window and just copy the the link to the Medium article that you want to read, and it should be it should work. So far, I have not had any problems. It doesn't doesn't know how many articles that I've read, so it still thinks that I'm on the free limit. Um, so that's my top tip for today. I am. Training a model in Google Cloud at the moment using their Vertex AI platform, which seems to be a new platform that seems to be competing against Amazon SageMaker as an alternative platform, an end to end data pipeline and labeling, storage, and training solution for your models. And then it also provides a model. Um, storage endpoint where you can access your model using a REST API or a command line um, command. So interesting, interesting. But I got to say that these things are definitely not beginner level. These are sort of more on the production level of things. And also I've made a little bit of a mistake. I was experimenting and I kind of knew that this wasn't the right way forward, but it was just easy. It was something that I found easy to do and opened a door for me to start playing around a little bit more with training a machine learning model, which is that I was training in uh, in vertex AI an image classifier, which isn't actually what I want to train. I want to train a classifier, yes, but I don't want to train an image classifier because an image classifier using a kind of pre-baked image classification deep learning neural net is is going to be looking at something different than what I want it to be looking at. It's going to be looking at the pixels. And what I want it to be looking at is the skeleton of the person in the image, of the person of interest in the image, not just the pixels of the image, because the pixels of the image could be doing all kinds of things, you know, like that person could be Doing a handstand in a dark lit room, or they could be out on a grassy field, and between those two images, the pixels are going to be very, very different. What I what what wouldn't be different is if they're both in the same pose, and the the pose model using MoveNet or PoseNet will be able to detect their body because that's what it's specifically. Built to do is to detect a human body in any scene in any orientation in any pose and to be able to draw their skeleton onto the image and so that abstracts away a lot of the complexity and edge cases around just doing an image classifier to look at images of people and places and objects and all different kinds of things in the image and to to train it to understand what's an what's an image of a person doing a handstand that that's got so many things that um, could be become confusing for it if you're just training an image classifier, and that's why and, and I would need a lot more data as well. I would need potentially tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of images of people doing handstands and also not doing handstands so this this is just too difficult. But anyways, I did it because I wanted to to have a little bit of a practice at collecting data, organizing data, labeling data. And it just, it was a little bit easier with using the images. So I did it with the images. It was faster download speeds, yada, yada, yada. Um, Anyway, so (laughs) I trained my first model in, in Vertex AI and it wasn't too difficult in the end. It took me a little while to get everything up and running, to get my images up and running to get my cloud buckets up and running uh, but in the end it it is done and unfortunately I can't download the model even though in the documentation it says that I should be able to it doesn't look like they have that option built out yet so yeah I mean I can't really play with it it's a bit annoying it's possible that I can write some code and use the REST API to send a a prediction task or a classification task to the model which is currently hosted in a cloud bucket and then i can specify where i want the results of that to be stored in another cloud bucket but this is just all a little bit annoying for me at the moment it's it's like i have to get have to learn a whole new skill of you know <laughs> pinging uh, writing code to to ping a rest api and and like set up you know all of this infrastructure in Google Cloud so that I can look at the results of what's what should be as simple as like all right test out your model upload an image let's see what the results are so it doesn't have that yet which is kind of annoying. So I went and looked at Amazon SageMaker the maker of sages and again Amazon SageMaker is a full suite end-to-end machine learning production, model production and deployment platform. It It's aiming to do all of your machine learning needs for running a model in production. It's very similar to Google Cloud. Um, it's got a bit of a learning curve, I got to say. It's one of those things where it's really only possible to, to use the Amazon SageMaker platform if, well, I, I don't want to say only possible, it's not just possible, but they make it a lot, a lot easier if you know the ecosystem and you use their entire ecosystem, which makes sense from a business point of view. But having said that, it's a a steeper learning curve to get into it because you have to understand a little bit more about the ecosystem. I've got the basics of understanding in AWS. which I got last year when I was fiddling around because I really wanted to play some video games on my crappy MacBook Pro. And in order to do that, I was playing with AWS servers and launching instances in Singapore, which is the lowest latency server region to Indonesia, to Bali. And I was trying, trying, to, <laughs> I was trying to load a Windows server and to install Skyrim on it so that I could play Skyrim from my MacBook Pro because uh, Google Stadia and NVIDIA, um, uh, what's it called? NVIDIA, the one from NVIDIA, (laughs) the gaming platform is not available in any region close enough to Bali. So I couldn't use those services. So I tried to do it myself. And that's how I learned AWS, well, some of it anyway uh having said that i still don't have enough skills to to easily just jump into aws and and spin up a a few instances run run some um training on some models with my data you know being stored in s3 buckets and um and then having a place to store the model and then you know again it's similar it's a similar thing where it's 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 sort of it's got the infrastructure for you to create an architected solution that's infinitely scalable and it's not really like a hobbyist's tool or like a tinkerer's tool or like a sandbox if you will it's more of a production professional solution um, so I'm not going to do also uh, it's really hard to to just from from like a, a machine learning understanding of like what what exactly are we doing here? Are we are we training like K nearest neighbors model? Are we doing like linear regression? If you're doing something on Amazon SageMaker, it's probably it's it's pretty likely that you already have a bit more understanding about how to do models properly and how to customize and, and configure them. And I don't have that yet. I need to do some more courses on machine learning specifically. Probably Andrew Ng's course on Coursera is the recommended one. And that'll take some time. And so I'm not sure if I have the time right now to to dive deep into that because that's covering the entire topic. So I have to decide if I want to do that. Also, I'm still a little bit, um, not bummed, but... I do miss just doing programming tutorials and just working through my programming courses with JavaScript um, because I, I do at the same time as like learning this machine learning stuff and training this computer vision model want to continue coding. And at the moment this isn't really a coding job. This is more a, a data job at the moment. Um, it's very much a data job at the moment actually. So. Aside from Google's solutions and Amazon's solutions, there's also Apple. Apple has a thing called Create ML, which is an out-of-the-box solution for training all kinds of models. You can train image classifiers, object detector, and the difference between an image classifier and an object detector is that an object detector is going to find a specific object within an image that it's been trained to look for say a ball a table a laptop uh, a desk a chair something like that and draw a bounding box around it with like a probability score of how likely it is to be that that thing that object whereas an image classifier is just going to look at an image and go that's an image of a beach or a shoreline or a forest, or that's you know a specific type of bird, or that's a specific type of flower, um, and usually image classifiers are, are being used to define specific kinds of things in images, um, rather than like to to find the object in an image. So that's the difference between those two. Um, Then you've got pose detection, which by itself doesn't actually do anything. Pose detection is just like a layer that goes, um, yeah, it's like the kind of ground infrastructure for building an action classifier, um, which is ultimately what I'm I'm doing with Handstander is I'm building an action classifier that classifies a movement action as either a handstand or not a handstand. And uh, the pose detection is a little bit misleading when you think about it, because it sounds like it's detecting specific poses and that it's trained to understand poses, but it's not really, it's just trained to draw a skeleton over an image of a person who's in that image. And these models are are usually used in video, obviously, obviously, because that's um, where it's going with becoming an action classifier. Um, And The newer models are using time series uh, data or time series architecture. So that means that rather than just taking a snapshot of the frame of the video and drawing the skeleton and its key points, it also considers the previous frame and the next frame to understand the movement through time, which is a much, much better way of doing it. And I'm not sure if the models that are in create ml are using that i know i'm pretty sure it's using pose whereas pose is sort of like the the previous best one and now we've got move net um anyway i think for me i'm looking for the easiest way forward to to understand what data i need so at the moment the whole question is what data do i need in order to train this model that is the entire asset of Of the model is the data because if i get the wrong data then my model will perform with with those problems in the model the problems stem from having the wrong data and also moving forward and training the model um to understand and to 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 learn about you know the weird things like the weird edge cases where it doesn't quite work very well Again, I need data for that as well. And so there's this whole process of collect data, organize data, clean data, train the model, put the model into testing, figure out where it performs well, figure out how it performs poorly, and then go back to the drawing board on the data side, find better data, find more data. Again, it's this iterative process where it's like, data, training, testing, data, training, testing, data, training, testing. And eventually you get a model that understands pretty much every edge case and performs almost perfectly. Um, but the whole thing, the whole pipeline of that starts with the data and you don't actually know specifically what data you need until you you have a crack at it. Um, I mean, you can you can make guess guesses, and this is where data engineers come in. Data engineers know this stuff super well, and they don't waste as much time as what I am doing because they can just they can ch- kind of just hit it straight um, from the beginning. Uh, but yeah, that's what that's what I'm doing. So I know that now. I know that I need uh, video data rather than image data, and lucky for me, Instagram also has that. Instagram has a lot actually unlimited amounts of both video and image data but also tiktok has a lot of that as well Um, so i've got i've got an unlimited source of data to pick from for of people doing handstands uh, instagram and tiktok and so yeah um, that's great (laughs) it's actually super easy the one thing i'm still not sure on is if i need to standardize that data in a certain way like does the playback speed need to be standard in terms of frames per second um should i only pick really kind of quote unquote perfect data where you know there's it's not weird at all it's no it's not like edge casey um to start with which i think is a yes i think i'm going to do that where i'm just picking you know, the the most ideal data to train a model on a kind of perfect circumstance scenario. And then I'll branch out from there to, bit, to a bit more weird data that doesn't kind of look very good but could be an edge case. I actually identified the biggest confusion for the model in terms of its confusion matrix would be headstand versus handstand. So headstands are considerably easier to do than handstands are because you've got a more stable base with your arms and uh, elbows locked in in a tri- triangle on the ground. However, that could probably be misinterpreted as a handstand fairly easily by the model, and so. I think that this is going to be the main one. That's the confusing thing for the model to be able to d- distinguish between a headstand and a handstand. Um, but having said that, I'm not going to train headstand into it for now because I want to see. I want to train the model and test it and see if if this actually does uh, confuse the model and that it does think a headstand is a handstand. Uh, and then, I will train headstand into it from that point. So the model is gonna go through a number of iterations. It starts at V1 and then it goes to V2 and V3. And you know this, this whole process of making it better and better and better will take some time because yeah, it requires selecting data, organizing data, cleaning the data. I, I, I realize that I'm gonna have to um, edit these video clips that I'm getting from Instagram uh, which is going to take some time for sure. As I'm getting, in, I'm getting clips of people going through the whole motion of doing handstands. They're standing up, then they're entering into a handstand, then they're in a handstand, then they're falling out of a handstand. And I need to, I can't just classify that whole video as handstand. I need to break it up into subsections where I tell the model that this, this is a classification of a person just standing up. And then this is a classification of a person preparing to handstand, but they're not in one yet. Now they're actually in the handstand. Now they're out of the handstand or they just fell out of the handstand. And, and those are kind of like the, the four classifications that I need to really, to be able to build the game to have this, this low latency feedback on, on when you're in the handstand and when you're not. And that keeps the the playing field level, so to speak. So that whole editing process, I don't know how long this is going to take. I might do like a practice run through on that today to see if I can figure out a workflow that's super quick and easy. Um, But other than that, it seems like this is going to take a lot of time and I'm not sure I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to, to make make enough time to, to get a large, large amount of data. So I'm going to start with a smaller data set. I'm not sure how small I can go, but I'm going to push it. I'm going to push it to go pretty small. I'm going to work out a really good um, SOP, extended operating procedure for gathering, cleaning, editing, clipping up data and organizing it. And I'm going to start building a data repository that is um highly probably going to be effective so not dirty data not laissez-faire kind of wishy-washy like very well targeted well well-spec- well specified uh, data all right that's day seven that's what i'm doing uh tomorrow i'm actually going to a, to a waterfall with a bunch of friends And that's going to be an all day event. So I might not actually have much to talk about tomorrow except the waterfall, but I have to podcast every day. So I will see you in the next one. Thanks for listening, everyone.